Welcome to the 710 Postscript Podcast. 710 is a family of young adults committed to following Jesus, serving one another, and kingdom living for the good of our city. My name is Lish. And my name is Jade. We are your co-hosts. Join us for this first season as we laugh and talk about practical ways to live out what we are learning. Oh, and P.S., don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Seven ten. Now, welcome to another episode of Postscript. This is your host, Lish, your co-host, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Jade. Hey, everyone. How's it going today? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, Lishy. Good, 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 good. <laughs> well, we're back with another interview. We're actually wrapping up the team interviews today, which is kind of fun. We're kind of bringing that to a close. So last but not least at all, we have Tyler Hudgens. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Yay. we're excited to have you on. Um, this is a great wrap up. Um, so as usual, before we jump into all the serious things. We're going to just do some would you rather questions and um, yeah, just learn a little bit about Tyler in that regard. So Jade, would you like to go first? Yes, I would. Okay, Tyler, would you rather take a pill a day for nutrients to feel full, but never eat anything again or eat whatever you want, but never really feel full? Eat whatever I want just because I love Food. I'm pretty sure we were praying this morning. I gave an amen to Licious cooking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, here's our second question. Wait, hold on. Um, okay, would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line again? Um, every traffic light turning green so that I can just get to where I'm going. Okay, that's fair. I think I would kind of agree with that too. I do like it when I'm like coming to work and like every light is just like green and I'm like, oh God, you just, you love me today. (laughs) (laughs) It is great. (laughs) I know. Or even, I feel like late at night though is when the the lights usually turn green and it's like this nice long late drive. Everything's going smoothly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay. Last but not least, would you rather clean a toilet with your toothbrush or a floor with your tongue? Oh, toilet with a toothbrush, hand down. <laughs> yeah, that would be much better. I don't want to clean no floor with my tongue. It might be tasty. Well, that, that sounds gross. Is, <laughs> yeah, there's. I don't think there's a right answer to that one. Uh, it's like, ooh, can I like uh, soak my to- my toothbrush in like uh, alcohol after no. like after every clean? Ooh, that's yeah. gross. Yeah, that totally is. Okay, great. Well, thanks for sharing, Tyler. Um, so we're just going to jump into your story. Um, yeah, maybe just tell us a little bit about your background or a lot about your background, however much you want to share. Um, just kind of who's Tyler? And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would venture to say that I think a lot of us, including myself, don't really like I've never heard your story from like the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just share with us about you. Yeah, so um, I grew up uh, in a family of non-believers. Um, my parents divorced when I was two years old. Um, and I continued to go over to my dad's house every other weekend. I would spend time with him, majority of the time with my mom. Um, and I really looked up to my dad. Um, he dressed kind of like a cowboy. And I always looked forward to going and seeing him every weekend. And I would dress up like a cowboy. My whole room was in cowboy stuff. 
And so that was, you know, I really looked up to him and that sort of thing. My mom quickly remarried. Um, so I have my stepdad who's been in my life since I was basically two as well. Um, and so he, he kind of also played a, a father figure role throughout my whole life. Um, and then there was, um, one day that I was standing outside my house, you know, I had my backpack ready to go see my dad, really looking forward to it. And, um, he didn't show up and, uh, I was standing out there for a while and my mom finally said, Hey, why do you come inside? And I remember that being like, Oh, where is he? You know, I was really looking forward to this. Turns out, um, my mom found out later that he was picked up by Sheriff Joe, who was doing like a deadbeat dad program for dads who didn't pay child support. Mm. And so they threw him in jail. And so um, my mom didn't really care about the money per se, but she she just wanted to have custody of me. Um, and so she wasn't really too worried about that, but he had a ch- couple choices. He can either stay in jail. Um, he can pay the full, I think it was like $12,000 of child support. Um, or he can sign away his parental rights for me. And, um, he ended up choosing the latter of signing away his parental rights. And, you know, that's been a hard thing to, for me, you know, if I was in that position, I don't know that I could ever do that. You know, I don't know that I could ever sign away my rights to my, my kid. And, and, and so that was really hard years later, um, learning about that story and that sort of thing. And he hasn't been involved in my life. We, reconnected a couple of few years ago, um, for a little bit and, and was able to kind of talk and, and touch base, but we don't have an existing relationship right now. Um, and so that was kind of early on in my childhood was kind of that. Um, uh, but my, my stepdad really took the role of a dad mm-hmm. in my life. And so I never really had this kind of gap of not feeling like I had a father figure, um, which was really great. But as I got older, um, I decided that I didn't believe in God. Um, wasn't raised in a church family or anything like that. Um, it just seemed to me to not make sense. I, as growing up as a kid, I would watch the history channel and the discovery channel, like all the time. Um, to the point, like when I, when I was in class, you know, um, I never really studied for history tests or anything like that. Cause I just, I kind of knew, I just watched it religiously. Um, and through that I would learn about, you know, how the world was created and how, um, things are you know? And so to me, it just made sense, you know, growing up. And, um, so I just was like, I'm an, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. I don't need God. Um, that sort of thing. And I actually even remember a moment in my English class where I was sharing about, I didn't believe in God. And that was like really weird back when I was younger today. It's not, you know, there's people who don't believe all the time. So I was kind of the strange one. Um, and so that's kind of where things started. Um, but I did have an interest in getting involved in my community. And so being 17 years old, I, I wanted to find a way to just do make a positive difference. Even at a young age, I could, I could see that there's something wrong with the world. And I wanted to contribute to that in a positive way. And so I didn't know how to do that other than that I knew that town hall was literally like right across the street from my house. And so I started showing up to town council meetings at 17 years old. And I did that for a year. And I would just show up, be around, just listen, kind of taking it in. And then there was actually one issue that I want to speak on. Um, and I found out the date that they were having the meeting for it. And it turned out I was on my high school graduation night. And so I had this dilemma. Do I go to my high school graduation or do I go speak at the town council meeting? 
And to my parents' relief, I went to my high school graduation, but I literally ran across the stage, took off my gown, put on a business suit, and sped off to town hall. <laughs> I, I see you laughing over there, Liz. Can I just say right now that that's like a Joseph Yang story? <laughs> <laughs> it does sound about accurate. <laughs> um, and so I, I'm, I get to town hall. I'm walking up to go speak. And the vice mayor at the time, they all knew who I was because I've been around. And the vice mayor said, Tyler, shouldn't you be like at your graduation or something? And this is like a public meeting. And I'm like well, I already graduated, so. And he goes, well, shouldn't you be out, like, hanging out with your friends after graduating? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, I'd rather be here. And so I ended up speaking that night, and there was actually a reporter that was there, and she came up to me afterwards, and she's like, hey, I want to write a full-page spread on you in the paper. Like, who's this crazy kid coming to town council meetings on his graduation night? I said, sure. So she came over to my house, did an article, all that stuff. Um. A few days later, I got a, I got contacted by a congressman staffer, and he offered me an internship to intern with our congressman, Jeff Flake, at the time. And I was like, oh, awesome. I'd be happy to do that. And that kind of started um, getting me really involved in politics at a young age. And I thought that was the answer. Like, this is how you can make a difference and you can change things. Um, and so I started working in politics. I worked on a congressional campaign, got hired on first time, uh, down in Tucson. We ran against Gabrielle Giffords, um, before she, uh, was shot. And, um, that was actually really hard cause I actually knew some of the staffers that worked for her. We actually became friends, even though we we're running campaigns against each other, that sort of thing. I'd been to that bashes where that happened. Um, and so when that happened, that was actually, um, really hard. Um, and so, um, we ended up not winning that race, obviously. And I moved back up and ran a couple council races, my first ones and, um, ended up winning a couple races. And then I got contacted by an organization that said, Hey, um, we want to hire you full time. I'll give you a salary. I was like 19 at the time. And I said, uh, else I heard was full-time job in politics. I'm like, I'm in, let's go. And I get there on my first day. And they, they pull, one of the ladies pulls me into a room and she starts scribbling all these things on a whiteboard. And I had no idea really what I was walking into other than, like I said, a full-time job in politics. And she's like, we're talking about, we work for the Koch brothers. We have $300 million. We have like 25 super PACs that we uh, run. We're very involved in the presidential race, the Senate, the House, all this stuff. And it was like going over my head because I'm like, what in the world? Um, and that was a crazy time, um, where I really learned a lot. I saw a lot of things too. Um, a lot of bad things, corruption, moral issues, just all kinds of things that really just started to jade me. Um, and also during this time I was starting to, um, just be around other Christian believers I worked at Liberty Market and before all this, um, and God had started to move. And um, when I'd come back from that trip from Tucson and worked on those Gilbert races before I got hired with this company um, is when I came to know Jesus. And it was through um, my family. We had four people pass away in like six weeks. And that was like a really hard time. 
and it's just it was hard because the first person would pass away and you would start to get to a better place and then you get smacked down again and again and again and it really put me in this place of I remember um, I showed up at a bashes and I didn't know how I got there why I was there what I was doing it was just pacing around the store I was on a full-blown like panic attack and the things that were running through my head at the time was um, like who's gonna die next it's gonna be my mom my dad me like for the first time in my life like everything was out of my control as an atheist I felt like oh I can control myself I don't I don't need God in politics oh I can control change and do these things but this was the first time that I was like wow I don't have control of this mm. And I had a couple of friends that kind of saw me going through all that stuff. And they were like, hey, do you want to come to church? And it was a simple invite. But I was like so desperate that I was like, I'll do anything. And so I showed up to church and just um, I loved it. And I just kept going and going and and um I think it was God's grace for me to get to the place of feeling powerless and out of control. I think that's something that I've struggled with and he allowed me to get to that place to help me experience Jesus. And it was in that time that I realized I had a dependency on him, um, on something else other than myself. And that was like a really powerful time and, um, in two thousand, this was about end of two thousand ten. I was going to church all of two thousand eleven, and I remember in January two thousand twelve. And this is while I was working at that political company. Um, during this time, the pastor gets up and he says, "Hey, we're going to be going through the whole book of John this year." And um, the, there's some of you here in the audience. You're sitting on the fence with Jesus. You say you're in, but you're not. And I want you to get off this fence. I want you to decide, do you do you want to follow Jesus or do you want to turn away? Make the decision this year. And I was like, all right, I'm in. And so I did that, and, and I decided at the end of that year, I want to get baptized. And um, and I did. Now, flashback to the political stuff's going on during all this. My, my heart's changing. I'm having different perspectives about things. And there were a lot of things that I saw that I didn't like in politics, like severe moral failings, like just nastiness, negativity, destroying people. I mean, it was just bad stuff. And I was just like, I want out of this. Like, whatever I can do to get out of this, I'm getting out of it. And I decided to start my own business. And I've been doing that for the last eight years. Um, And then um, God has really shifted things into um, working here at the church and pastoral ministry long term is kind of where I think he's leading me um and so yeah that's kind of a big story and we can get into some more of the details as as you guys would like yeah how long have you been um so the church that you got invited to by your friends was that redemption or another church it was mission community church okay just down the road gotcha and so then how long have you been at redemption I've been at redemption for about four years okay yeah gotcha awesome yeah i know 
it's um it's always so interesting to hear the stories of what everybody's person's rock bottom is like there's always that point where I think people look back and realize like God brought me to the end of myself but like how he does that in everybody's life like what is that end of yourself is so different um which I think is just the beauty of like God's kindness and how he saves people and just like that we're individuals so it's like it's going to be different for everyone like those things that God uses where he has to bring you to that moment of realizing oh I have to be dependent on something outside of myself like I have no control and the things that I'm doing to try to get that control or to try to fix these things are not working anymore um and you just come to that place where you're like I don't have any other options I don't have anywhere to turn what was crazy about that time is I I never I never would have chose Jesus ever and I just remember the only way I could describe it people are like what's going on with you and I was just like I don't know he just I feel like he's grabbing me and he's just pulling me to him and I I wouldn't choose this but like it's like he's choosing me Mm. and and you got to remember back then I had I've never been to church I have no theological background I have no understanding how God like I don't understand if I choose him he just like none of that stuff all I know is I felt God like grabbing me and like pulling me towards him and that was irresistible Mm. that's so awesome (sighs) Okay, we're going to change gears a little bit. <laughs> Talk about, um, you because you, you've talked about politics and how you've been in politics a long time. Um, and some some of us may know that you actually ran for, is it town council? Yeah. With the town of Gilbert. Um, and that, there was a lot, I mean, I... I was kind of really getting to know you. I feel like you were around, like around more doing stuff on staff. I think in the process of that. Um, and there was a lot of, I don't know if like if you would use the word turmoil, but there was just a lot going on in that time. So maybe talk a little bit about your experience running for town council and just how God has like worked, worked in that season of your life. Yeah. So, um, uh, how that all happened, and like I said last time, I was I was jaded about politics and I wanted out, and I started my business and I started I started doing all that, um, and several years had passed, um, and I had opened up my business in downtown Gilbert. What was your business? I'm sorry. Um, it's called Social Tech Consulting. Did um, social media and web web design marketing for companies. Okay. And, um, so I opened that up in downtown Gilbert, right across the street from Liberty Market. Um, and when I opened up my business in downtown Gilbert, and I think this stems from like, uh, whatever seed or whatever's in my heart from when I was 17 years old of just like, I don't want to just be somewhere and not be involved, not be involved in my community. And so when I started that, I was like, Hey, I, I don't want to just be a business owner who's down here benefiting from this area and not involved in giving back in some way. And so I actually applied, um, and it, it was hard because I was like, I don't know that I want to get in, back into this stuff, but I had applied to the Redevelopment Commission for downtown Gilbert. And in that process, you have to interview with the mayor and the town council, um, and I didn't think I was going to get the position. I felt like the other person who applied was way more qualified than I was. But they ended up selecting me, and um, I served a four-year term 
on the Redevelopment Commission, um, became chairman of that commission in a year, um, and then we worked on the downtown redevelopment plan, which is basically a 10-year plan for the downtown area. And the last time we had done one was in 2008. And if you remember back in 2008, I do because I worked at Liberty Market, it just opened up in November 2008. So downtown Gilbert was nothing to what we see it today. And so this was like a big redevelopment effort that we were working on. And it just got me excited. It, and, and all the things that being a believer now, understanding this idea of like all of life is all for Jesus. And that means every area of life. And we need people in government um, that are representations of that. And so I just wanted to do that. And um, so then that's when I ran for town council and um, made a good run at it. And we came up a little short, but it was awesome. And I, and I think that was, God really used that. And um, it was hard because um, I got married in January 2020 um, and with with my wife, Kelsey. And so it was a sacrifice to to run. I had started when we were engaged but I really felt like this is something that I needed to do as I got more excited about things. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so my wife was really great. I mean, <laughs> she really sacrificed to, to make the, the run for, with me for town council. I mean, she would knock doors with me. She made phone calls with me, went to events with me. We talked to a lot of people and, um, yeah, I just really enjoyed that. So she helped you put up 2 million, Tyler for town council signs around all of <laughs> Arizona. Yeah. She's a keeper. Yeah, she was. I had I had signs everywhere. <laughs> she was like by the end of it, she was like, if I had to put up one more sign, I swear. I mean, like, this is this is ridiculous. And it was hard too. I mean, people are brutal in politics. I, I made the decision I was never gonna go negative and um in any against any of my opponents or anything like that. And uh, there were all kinds of things said about me during that race, whether it was from my signs or all kinds of things. So, yeah, it was it was tough. I mean, we it definitely was a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. So in regards to like running for council and how that all went down, like how has that helped you um, prepare for your ministry and what you're doing right now? Um, I would say it just rekindled this thing that I've had in my heart, which is just to be involved in, in the, in the community and the outreach and, um, that sort of thing. And so I think, um, coming into ministry here at the church, um, you know, I think running for town council, like that was a major commitment, a major sacrifice and having to have to like put yourself out there like that, I think stepping into ministry has been a major sacrifice for me in a lot of ways. Um, and it just showed me that like God is faithful. Um, there were so many times during that campaign, my, uh, me and my wife were like, I don't know if it's going to work, you know, and ultimately it didn't. Um, but God was like faithful through that whole thing. Um, Kelsey just, for example, she was telling me early on, she's like, I don't want to get my hopes up you know, that this, cause she's like, I don't want to be let down. And there were so many moments that campaign where God just really ministered to our hearts during that time. Um, and, 
at the end of it, when I lost, I remember I was totally fine because to me it was like, if God wanted me to have this position, I would have it. And I know God's in control of my life. Um, my wife on the other hand, she struggled really bad. And I remember we were laying in bed after we lost and I was just totally fine about it. And she was, she was really struggling with it. And, uh, she, she said, she said to me, like, I'm really upset. Like I thought like God would come through. I like he'd been like ministering to us, showing us that we're doing the right thing. And then we lose, like, this doesn't make any sense. And I said, you should tell him that, like, be honest, like how you're feeling about this. And boy, did she let off. I said, he's with us right now. Just pray. And she started, she started going off and I kind of grabbed my collar and I was like, oh, I'm going to move away from you because I feel like <laughs> we're about to get struck by lightning. <laughs> uh, so it it just, and, and so that was like a big moment for her. Um, it was also a big moment for me kind of going through that, like in the disappointment, trusting God. And ultimately out of that, like God moved majorly um because after the campaign ended it was like two days later um we got a call the rc leaders that were leading our rc um said uh, we're not going to lead this anymore and they had been doing it for six years and they said hey do you guys want to lead this group um and then you fast forward um conversations that Corey and i were having and um Corey, you know invited me to be a part of the 710 team and just all these things that have grown. If I had won the town council race, I never would have been available on Tuesday nights. I never would have been available to 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 lead an RC and do all these things. And so um, I think it was God still moved in in the midst of that. And there's so many things that have happened since then um, that I wouldn't have experienced, and people that I wouldn't have known, and and things like that. So I'm just grateful that God is just in control of everything. So, yeah, it's really cool. Like how the, even just the lesson of endurance, like you didn't win the race. That was the ultimate goal, obviously was to like win the race and become town council. But God was like, no, I don't want you to do that, but I'm still going to like teach you this endurance and perseverance. And then how you're seeing that show up in other, like the things that he's like, this is really what I wanted you to do. And I'm going to use those lessons. Yeah. And it was hard too. Cause you know, like I said, I got married in January, 2020. So I have a new marriage. I'm running for town council. I also am running a business. Um, and then COVID broke out. Um, and my, my business took a huge hit in COVID. Um, you know, I, one of the things that I regret with like my business, there were times that I was like, Hey, I built this, you know, I've been running this for eight years. This is mine kind of a Nebuchadnezzar moment of like, Hey, this is all mine. I, I created this and not recognizing that God is the one who did that. And during COVID that all kind of God moved through that too, in the sense that, you know, I lost my biggest client, my third biggest client. I had to restructure their, their contract just to keep them. And then my second biggest client, which was probably the closest one to, to me, which was big O tires. We did all their social stuff, um, in Arizona. Um, and I, been with them for years and years and years and uh, nobody was taking their cars in to to the the big old tire stores because of COVID they didn't want you know the opportunity for that to happen and I got a call from them saying hey it's nothing you did but we got to pull this contract and being a new husband wanting desiring 
to care for my wife and to provide for her. I'm also running for town council, trying to live out all of life as all for Jesus where I can. And I'm doing all these things. And then I get slammed with this and I lose the contract. And I, I remember I was outside when I got the phone call and I, it's, there's very few times that I've cried this hard in my life because I want to take care of my wife. I want, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. This whole COVID thing is, I don't know where it's going, what it's going to be. Is it going to get worse? You know, all that stuff. And I just bawled my eyes out to my wife. And I think it just, the whole thing just taught me a lot of resiliency that like when all these things are going crazy and you're trying to live faithfully, that you can still trust God in it. He is going to be faithful. Hmm. Yeah, Tyler, I didn't, I don't think I realized how much disappointment that you've, I don't know, overcome with God. Even just like talking to you for the past few months being on the leadership development program, that's really cool. I think knowing that you're like a perseverer and you're pretty resilient, that's something great that you bring to the team and just bring to ministry. Mm-hmm. Ministry is disappointing. <laughs> it is. It so, is. So, um, I love that that's something that you're able to like give with your gift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Changing gears just a little bit again. So, um, you've kind of talked about politics, um, coming to redemption, being on the team, but now you have a new role. Um, kind of just, I guess maybe more like in all of redemption, um, not even just specifically through Gilbert. Um, so you've been working with Josh Prather, who, um, currently is attending redemption Alhambra, correct. Mm -hmm. And, um, just doing some different things with him. So maybe talk briefly about, um, just kind of this new role that you've taken. Yeah. So when I was running for town council, um, one of the things that I wanted to do was bring faith groups together that I felt like there wasn't um, a medium in the town where people could learn about how they can be praying for their elected officials, be praying for the town, um, to know more about service projects in the community. So when I was, uh, what I wanted to do if I was elected as a town council member was to, to put this group together as a faith community. And I remember, um, meeting up with, uh, Tyler Johnson actually, and him and I become friends through uh, the political campaign and I was sharing them with them, like, hey, I kind of have this desire, something that I want to do. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're you're trying to do multi-faith. And I was like, what's multi-faith? <laughs> and he's like, what you're trying to do. And and so I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so I ran and lost and uh, the campaign and stuff. And it was weird, just kind of out of the blue, this opportunity through Pray There came up. And Josh just called me and he's like, hey, um, I have been been praying a lot We're this organization that I'm doing some stuff for they're looking to hire a director and your name just keeps coming back to my mind and he's like would you even be interested in this and it was weird because like I had already started doing this on my own for, with my desire for the town council race and so this was like another moment where I was like oh god this wasn't wasted like that desire that I had in my heart you were just redirecting it to somewhere else. And so mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, of course, I'd be interested in this. And so that began like a long interview process, about three months. And eventually they hired me. Um, and it was, they were taking a while because this would be the first state director um, that they're hiring for multi-faith. And 
Um, it's called the organization's called Multi Faith Neighbors Network, and it is a focus on the Abrahamic traditions. Um, so uh, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. And the the purpose of it is to build trust between these different faith groups and respect among one another. And the key of doing that is uh, through relationship. And um, there's uh, a lot of people know about interfaith. And um, interfaith is this idea of like, hey, we're going to get together. We're going to get, uh, we're going to do an event um, and we're all different faith groups. And we're going to try to find how can we all like find something that we can all agree on and kind of sing Kumbaya. And multi-faith kind of takes this different approach of like, hey, let's be really honest about the fact that we don't agree. We, we're we're, we're going to be faithful to the tenets of our traditions, but it doesn't mean that we still can't be in relationship and still know one another. There's a lot of misconceptions about the Christ, Christian faith, um, Islam, Judaism, and all that. Um, for example, there was um, a retreat that multi-faith did here in Arizona, and um, the rabbis and the imams, which are like the pastors for each of those faith groups, they were, we were, they were explaining uh, communion to them. And they were like, wait, so let me get this right. You eat the body of Jesus and like drink his blood? <laughs> and, we're, and they were like, no, 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 it's not what we do. Okay, <laughs> let's explain that to you guys. And so there's misconceptions like that on their end and that sort of thing. Um, but really the goal is, is like in Muslim majority countries that Muslims would look out for Christians and protect them and their right to practice their faith. And in Christian majority uh, uh, countries that Christians would look out for Muslims. Um, but the idea is like, hey, we're, we're not the same. We don't agree. But I like, I want to know you as like a human being. Hmm. I want to know not just like, you, but I want to know your family. I want to come in your home and have dinner with your family. Because when you're in relationship with somebody, things start to make a lot more sense. Um, it's easy to just say all these things. And so, and obviously my hope is they come to know Jesus. That's my hope. And so, um, and I'm sure they have the same for me and others, vice versa. But setting that all aside, we're okay with like, let's be in relationship. Let's be friends. Let's do what friends do. Um, and then let's serve our community. Let's work for the common good. How can we serve our cities? We're, we're all here, you know, how can we serve and, and, and make a positive impact? Yeah, it's been, um, really a blessing. And I, I, I think I can speak for the 17 community that it's been a blessing to all that are involved. Just the, even in the past couple of weeks, the opportunities that you've brought to 710 through being a part of this multi-faith network, um, create, like uh, putting together the boxes for the Afghan refugees, um, this service project that you have set up for the end of the month. Um, it's just been really a, a blessing to see the 710 family come together and like want to be a part of that. And it's funny because I, I feel like Corey and I have talked about this a lot of like people want to serve and they want to be a blessing, but sometimes they just don't know where to start or how to even step into that. And so the fact that God's put you, Tyler, in this ministry and given you a platform in this town and in Arizona, and then now with this multi-faith network of you being able to like kind of um, bridge that gap 
of like here are ways that we can actually tangibly love our neighbors and specifically loving people that don't agree with us and would say like yeah we're not on the same page but you're still made in God's image yeah and we want to love you and and serve together yeah no definitely and this is like really the part that's beautiful about God and all this with this bringing it all full circle is like I had a desire for this before I even knew about it and so there's that the second they told me later well they told me first that um because I had a desire of this before even though I didn't really know about a whole lot about Islam or Judaism, um, they were like, the fact that your heart is there already is like huge. And that's why I want to hire you for one reason. The second reason is you have all these relationships with government leaders through your time in politics. That is going to be really important for us uh, in the work that we have ahead. And so it's just crazy how like God is like, even when I was not a believer, like there were desires that he had put in my heart early on that I'm just now starting to see um, flourish in different ways. And like, that's just, God is beautiful in like his craftsmanship um, and how that's like starting to come out in my life right now. And I'm just really excited. It just, it just makes me just love God even more. And just, I'm in awe about how he works and how he's just totally in control of everything. Mm. We're excited for you, Tyler. I know. <laughs> I'm like crying because I love your story and then also like hyped because I'm like yes let's see what this let's does. go <laughs> let's go Tyler <laughs> I love this oh that's mm. great well okay we're gonna switch gears again one more time before we wrap up um you have mentioned your wonderful wife Kelsey several times so maybe just talk a little bit about um, what the experience has been like of being married and um, how God's really grown you and Kelsey. And I'm sure there's lots of things that you're similar in, but things that you're different in. And so just how like, because you said January of 2020, right? Yeah. So it's been almost two years Yeah. yeah. now. So yeah, like just what's what's that been like for well, you too? It was hard for her to me to convince her to marry me. Let's just start there. <laughs> I was telling Jade about some of these stories. Yes. <laughs> yep. If you ever want to hear stories, Tyler is always ready to do story time. So just find him somewhere at 710 or around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, it was, uh, I, I was really blown away by her. God had shown me um, the things that I, that I, sh- I need to have in a partner And when I met her, um, she hit all those things. And um, I just couldn't help but just, just, I I wanted to to know her and and be with her. And uh, it took a lot of convincing. She had a lot of um, things from her past and fear um, and just uh, nervousness. And, you know, this is like her first serious relationship, um, that sort of thing. And I was telling Jade, she literally tried to break up with me on... (laughs) I was, I was driving I mean, she tried to break with me a lot of times, <laughs> but, um, I was, I packed up all her stuff. She was going to NAU and I loaded it all on my truck and she, she's going to kill me for telling the story. But, um, <laughs> I loaded everything in my truck and I was driving up and we were like halfway at the mountain and she literally starts breaking up with me on the drive with all her stuff in the back of my truck. And I remember I'm not looking at her. I'm just looking at the road, like in disbelief, like, is this really happening? (laughs) Like, 
I have all her stuff in the back of my truck. I'm being a nice boyfriend, you know, moving her up there and she's breaking up with me. And, uh, and so that was, I was like, it's a good thing I'm a nice guy. Cause like I could just leave her here with all her stuff or something, <laughs> but no, I, no, I'm a nice guy. So I didn't do that. But, um, anyway, so it was just long, long dating time, you know, just trying to figure things out. And, um, we got married and like, I've, I've loved being married to my wife, Kelsey. Um, just the other day, I was really blown away by her. Um, she's been planning our anniversary trip, our, our two-year anniversary trip. And I did their first year, and it was a surprise. And so she's she's doing a surprise for me. And my friend wanted to invite me to the Cardinals game. And so I was like, I was like, hey, Kels, like, do you think I could go to the Cardinals game? And she's like, yeah, you can, but like, that's going to take money away from like our trip to California. And she looked at me. She's like, oh, don't tell me you just heard that. And so she starts crying because she thinks she's just ruined this surprise. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And because she just, she really wanted to plan something special and like make it be a surprise because she loves me. And she, she's like, it's ruined. She's like crying. I'm just like holding her and I'm I'm just like patting her on the back. And I'm just like, you know, California is like a big state. Like, <laughs> you know, I know the state, but it could be anywhere in California. <laughs> I'm just like trying to like encourage her. And so, like, the thing that's blown me away about my wife is, like, how she loves me. Like, I can tell, like, when she looks at me that, like, she really loves me. And that just means a lot to me. And I've just been really enjoying, um, particularly our marriage lately, um, with, like, the friendship side of our, our marriage. Like, I genuinely just have so much fun with her. And so it's been great. And we've had... We've had ups and downs and, and that sort of thing, but like it's just great with her and the way that um, our relationship has just continued to grow through it all. And so I love Kelsey. Yeah, it's it's very evident that you you do love Kelsey Tyler. And Jade and I were even just talking before we came in to record this podcast of how we, we love how you always talk about Kelsey being like your first ministry and mm. just you're mm-hmm. so thoughtful towards her and I know like sometimes we tease you but you know like we'll be setting up for 710 and Tyler's nowhere to be found and he's like writing a love letter to Kelsey in his office and we're just like Tyler we're setting up for 710 but it's just so great like how she's always first and foremost in your mind and it's just very evident that like you really care about her and are always processing through a lens of like how is this going to affect Kelsey and just wanting to like really care for her well, which is, which is really, really sweet. Yeah. So. Yeah. She's great. That's yeah. great. Well, this has been really fun. Uh, very last question. Is it true, Tyler, that you have a mini Gilbert water tower in your garage? Um, well, I have a mini one on my desk. That's about, mm, let's say 10 inches tall. I have a seven foot one. Yes. In my garage. And uh, when I was running for town council, I built it out of a trash can, some PVC piping, painted it white, threw some stickers on there, and I attached it to my golf cart that I drove all around town. And uh, it's 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 amazing. I know, Lish, that you're jealous. <laughs> Clearly. I, I think Joe Johnson might, might have a run for his money with you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to bring it here and put it in the church. I just got to fix it up a little bit. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put it in your office. Mm, Wonderful. (laughs) Well, Tyler, this has been great. Thanks so much for for being with us. And 
yeah, just letting us get to know you more and just really being willing to be vulnerable and open up. It's it's been really cool. And we're we're very excited to just see how God continues to to work in you. Yeah, I'd echo all of that. So yes. it's been great. You little hudgy bears. <laughs> <laughs> hudgy bear. I love it. That's uh that's uh my nickname. Um, you know, I've got a lot of nicknames, but um, oh. we won't we won't go into we that. Won't, we don't have time for that. <laughs> that would be like a whole other podcast. <laughs> Oh, well, 710, thanks so much for joining us and listening to this wrap-up of our team interviews. Uh, we love you guys. And as always, you can find us at 710. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us all over the place. So subscribe to our podcast and we'll see you guys later. <laughs>